Exposure. Pulse 95 Live from Exposure at the Expo Center Charger. Yes, we are live from Exposure, live right here at the Expo Center Charger, bringing you all and everything related to photography. It has been such a blast right here at the event. And so we are very honored to introduce to all of you a phenomenal photographer, Ruben Salgado Escudero. He is a visionary artist born in Madrid. He has actually been shaped by his years that he spent in the United States, and his work is phenomenal. He's got a beautiful passion for photography, and his works have been exhibited globally and also adorned with over 20 international awards, including consecutive Sony World Photography Awards that have definitely captured the untold stories with cultural sensitivity. And also, he has been a National Geographic explorer since the year 2018. His visual narratives have definitely left a beautiful mark on art and photojournalism. What an honor it is to have you right here with us, Ruben. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. The honor is all ours. Uh, Ruben, something interesting about your uh, career is you were heavily invested in animation and then you did the transition from character animation to photography, which is quite intriguing. Um, What sparked this specific shift? Yes. So, you know, as a child, I as a kid, I used to love video games when I watched um, films. I loved science fi films, special effects. Mm -hmm. So I was always drawn to visuals, but more on a digital side and specifically more on the the video game side. Um, And so I always thought, you know, my my goal and my dream was to become an artist to make video games and films. But um, when I got to do that, I was very blessed to, to be able to realize my childhood dream. But I realized after some years that actually that was my past dream. It was the, it was my childhood uh, dream, and it wasn't really where I was at as an adult. So, um, what I came to realize was that I was much more interested in the real world and less in the virtual world, and that uh, somehow photography for me became uh, a tool or a, a way, a medium for me to express myself in the real world and to tell real stories, which I found, to me at least. Um, were much more fulfilling and it allowed me to give me a passport, let's say, to go out and explore the world and to connect with people and cultures in a way that, um, that was for me much more um, fulfilling than, than working in front of the computer for many, many hours a day in an office, you know? Beautifully said, a passport to the world. Wow. <laughs> and, and your skill sets in animation, it's not like it, it goes uh, wasted. It's something that you utilize very much in your uh, photographic style. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, now, is that something that, that you've seen yourself that you yeah. recognize? Or, 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 or how did you come up with that one? Honestly, it's uh, by looking at your exhibition. It's titled Solar Portraits. And what I find about it is that it, you're definitely going for a very abstract look, uh, a thematic almost, at the at the point where, you know, the, the idea of people without power and electricity, mm. and there's like this little beacon of light. Yeah. And it's art. I can tell it's an artistic approach. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, you're very right. My mother's a photographer, and she um, she often sees that in my work and always comments, you know, that 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 she sees the my background in in animation and in video games within my, my photography work. And of course, yes, um, that's part of it. You know, when, um, when you do animation, you're studying movement, how things move, how people move. And that becomes secondhand and second nature in your, in your mind when you do it for many, many years. And of course, that really helps um, in photography because at the end of the day, when you want to capture a moment that's about to happen, when, you, when your brain 
in mind um, know about animation can can almost anticipate what is about to happen. That helps very much to know when to press the shutters, you know, mm -hmm. when to click and when to capture that moment that is about to happen. So I can definitely say that um, my background in animation has helped me tremendously in that. And then when it comes to lighting, you know, when you're making video games, you're working, you're creating uh, virtual worlds, but you're using the same, um, the same principles and theories as in the real world when it comes to lighting and to texture and to composition at the end of the day. So it, you, a lot of those, all those principles and tools that I use in the virtual world, I can really apply them in the real world actually. actually. Mm. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And uh, it brings me to my next question. You talk about uh, your contribution to gaming. And uh, I, I should let you know, I'm someone who's a bit of a gamer <laughs> myself. Uh -huh. I love video games. Uh -huh. So I, I wanted to talk about it, just your experience with that. You know, from virtual to realistic. Mm. You tell us a little bit about it. So, what what made the process? Or sorry, I didn't really. Like you said, at, for, you know, from animation yes. to using in photography, mm. getting a style, mm. but also perhaps in gaming in itself. Right. Uh, that mental storyboard. Right. That they usually go for. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, when I was making video games, I was making um, I was making really big productions for Xbox and PlayStation games, such as. Um, you might have heard of Far Cry. Oh, yes. Or Crisis. Yes. So I was the lead animator in Crisis 2 and Crisis 3. Um, okay. So when we were making the cinematics... I'm getting a little giddy here. <laughs> but go ahead. When we were making the, the cinematics um, for, for these games, um, you, you know, you're, you're storyboarding. You are, you know, when it comes to storytelling, you're, you're planning like... If, almost like writing a film. Mm -hmm. You're planning um, the way you want to tell the story, your camera angles, the dialogue, the script. And in, in documentary photography, um, of course you cannot script it that way exactly because you have to let reality uh, lead you the way. Mm -hmm. However, you always start from a point where you have an idea and you have a concept and you write all of these ideas and, and you, you, you almost... Um, yeah, you, you have a pre-production aspect to it that are very that is very similar to when we were creating um, cinematics for video games, actually. And then the difference is, of course, in that is that um, as I was just mentioning, in the real world, you have to allow the story to flow in in whichever way it, it does, according to how life and the people that you are involved with and, and telling their story. But you you do have a, an idea, a perception. You have a, a maybe a visual language that you start with that you um, very intentionally put into the project before really realizing that. And, and that is very similar to when you're creating a, a, a big production as well in, in video games. Mm. Fascinating. Definitely caught McCann's eyes. He is a big, big lover for video games. I played those games, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to your photo exhibition, Solar Portraits, it is a very unique project and it definitely captures uh, and it captures the love of photography from a different aspect. So what inspired you to focus on solar power? And mm. do you think mm. that photography holds big power when it comes to discussing environmental impact and environmental matters as well? Yeah, so um, why solar? Um, so I, st I began my photography career. When I quit my 10-year career in video games, I moved uh, to Myanmar, to Burma. Mm -hmm. um, country in Southeast Asia that most would probably know. And um, back then, this was 2013, um, in rural Myanmar and outside of the cities, only 80, uh, already 89% of the population did not have access to electricity. Mm. So when I was working on a, on a project with the United Nations where I was traveling for one month through rural Myanmar, um, first thing that 
that caught my eye or that was a, a, a big shock to me whereas at the fact that when the sun went down people had to turn on candles people mm. had to turn on kerosene lamps um, and that was the only way for them to to, to be able to see right during the night um, both of those things kerosene lamps they're very toxic the fumes that they could put out and um, and candles they're actually quite expensive for many communities so but the point is that um, when I was traveling for, through rural Myanmar and literally for weeks on end I would I was always staying in places where people didn't have access to electricity and I come from Europe so that's something that I had never been exposed to before um, one day uh, about two or three weeks within this one trip that I was taking I met a man who whose family had a small little solar panel on top of their the roof of their home and um, and when I saw when the sun went down when I saw their quality of life and how they um, they were able to go about their daily uh, activities, their family activities, compared to their neighbors who didn't have light. It was so, so shocking how one little panel could completely change, be their such, change your life and impact in such a positive way. So, so what happened was that um, I wanted to take a portrait of this of this family, and um, and it was nighttime, and I didn't have a flash, and the only light that was available to me were these LED solar powered light bulbs. And um, and so I took a portrait um, of one of the of the gentlemen from this family, and when I saw the picture later on my computer, I, I realized that there was a very special quality of light that was being emitted from from these these light bulbs, mm -hmm. and I started thinking it actually reminded me a little bit of um, Rembrandt or chiaroscuro paintings, mm -hmm. um, in which there's like these high contrasts between light and dark. Um, it looked really almost very painterly. Um, and so I started playing around with these lights. I bought myself a, a, a system so I could create this visual language that almost is like a 400-year-old uh, painting technique to tell the story of a modern technology. So merging those two things together I thought could be interesting. And what I did was um, I began traveling through Myanmar um, to tell the story of solar. And that's where it all began. I started My first chapter of this project was in Myanmar telling the story of, of solar there. And then... Then there, this project had a snowball effect, which then continued to grow, and, and I've been you know, working on it ever since. I'm still not finished with the project. I'm still traveling to more countries and telling more stories about this. Dear listeners, you can actually see this exhibition right here at Exposure. It's titled Solar Portraits, and you can really get a chance to see how, and for me personally, when I saw it, I, it made me realize how much we take for granted True. the perks, the privileges that we have in everyday life. Absolutely. Like it's, it's nothing. Um, you also have a, a, um, a, an exclusive masterclass uh, workshop yes. called Mastering Light to Create Visual Language. If you want to register, just go to exposure.net. Um, and it's a, it's like a two, actually, it's a two-parter, right? From what I understand. It's a, yes, it's a two-day masterclass workshop um, with my f dear friend and colleague Paolo Versone, who also mm -hmm. has an exhibition here, wonderful exhibition uh, about dinosaurs, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and we together uh, are coming together to to, to teach people. Uh, who are interested in knowing more about how to illuminate, how to use flash, how to use continuous light, how to use natural light, how to think about light and see light, which at the end of the day is the founding um, is the foundation for photography, right? Absolutely. Be sure to register to it. This is a once-in-a-year uh, masterclass crash course for those who want to be exposed to industry experts like Ruben. Uh, again, thank you so much for being here with us at Exposure, and, and we wish you all the best. It was a very big pleasure. I'm really happy to be here in Sharjah, and thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Dukram. We're going to take a short <laughs> break, but be right back. We're going to do more highlights of the daily agenda, uh, agenda of the 8th edition of Exposure, only here on Pulse 95.